Yo, 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 what yo. up, what up, what hey, up? Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to hey, a new episode of You Watching or Nah. I'm Kurt. I'm Marcus. And we are back after a long hiatus that we will talk about in a minute. Um, yeah. I am out of sync, bro. What episode is this? 16? D- Ooh, yeah. 16. This is episode 16. Um... DSA says. <laughs> I was waiting 16. to see if you got it. I was waiting to see if Come you got on, it. you know I got it for the Spanish mommies. You know what I'm saying? It was popping. You're um, not going to throw all the extra in there this time? Nah, you know, nah, they already, you know what I'm saying? I can't, and, and, and I'll tell you why in a second, you know, because I can't fight nobody off of me right now. Okay. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been a minute. We finally back. Been a long, long layoff. As usual, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> I had, I had, I had niggas like, "Yo, did y'all like get? Did y'all get mad because you didn't get blow? Because you ain't blown up yet, and you guys quit?" I was like, "Nah, nah, 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 chill. Pull, pull your mask up, and we'll talk about it on the next episode." Sure, you pull your mask up, man. You gotta <laughs> relax. First of all, nigga, we don't do this for no fame. We already, we already popping as it is before this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And That's then, it. second of all, we do this for a reason, not for a season, man. Like, we ain't going to stop because niggas on some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You like that one? I like, we do this for yeah, a reason, not for the season. This is a Ooh. fact, nigga. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, it hasn't been a week. It's been like a month. It's been like a month, man. Let's get into it. Let's so, get into it. Let's, so, let's talk to the people. So, how you been, man? How's everything? What's, what's been going on with you? It's been rough, man. It's been real rough, but you know what? Um, I'm glad I'm old me. I'm glad I'm old me. I'm I'm not young me because young me was a petty me, and I would be airing out all sorts of shit. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I ain't going to air out nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a grown ass man. I'm just going to say that like sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta play with the cards you're dealt, and uh, and that's that's what we're doing right now. So you know hey. what I'm saying? I'm just being an old. A old head, and a, and I'm rocking with the knowledge that I've gained over these d- damn near 39 years, man. That's it. What about you? Let's let's talk about you, my nigga. All right, man. So the last time we recorded, we had plans, um, and we were actually I think we were trying to figure out a way to record on a Saturday mm-hmm. because I had plans on a Friday. Yeah. To to see my boo. And finally get this quality time and with my first love, basketball. Yeah. And I went and I played and everything was great, man. Like the stars aligned. I was able to get a babysitter. My mom came down. Like my baby was cool. Everything was cool. My mans came and swooped me. Everything was straight. But this is when I knew I should have known, right? We playing and I was winded, but my body wasn't tired. Like I was just a little, you know. My body felt fine. It's just my lungs was fucked up. But I was fine. Like, I was doing all right. You know, I was playing decent. Niggas started getting hurt left and right. And I was just like, man, like, what is going on out here? But I'm not a very explosive athlete, especially at my age now, right? Yeah. Bro, my man Craig checked up, passed me the ball. This nigga, nigga I was playing against, it just scored on me. I was a little salty, right? So Craig checks up. Passes to me. I went to to take off with the quick first step going right. 
As soon as I did, somebody tripped me. Boom, I hit the deck. Bow. And I was like, fuck. Um, who tripped me? And uh, like, as soon as I hit the ground, I was like, who tripped me? And before I could like adjust myself on the ground to not have my face on the floor, mm-hmm. I remembered that Craig just checked it and nobody was behind me, bro. And Shit. I, at that moment, I knew I had torn my Achilles. Ugh. And that is what has been the delay, people. I tore my Achilles, Kobe style. Um, I was just laying there on the floor. It didn't hurt that bad. I thought I would be like an excruciating pain, but it wasn't yeah. that bad. And um, everybody came over. I think they thought I was lying because I was so calm. But they came to me and they were like, yo, what happened? You all right? And I was like, I tore my Achilles. And they were like, no, hell no. <laughs> Hold on, time out. <laughs> Look, man, I'm going to be real. When you told me, when you told me, I was like, I instantly felt like a burning pain in my leg. Yeah. Because I've never torn anything. Like, my worst injury of all time is, like, I broke my tibia in my left leg. And I was in a a cast that went from my toe knuckles to right under my balls for, like, two months. And then I was in a knee cast for two more months and then a walking boot for, like, another six weeks. So that's like the word. I just go back to that and I'm like a broken bone. I just felt instant pain in my leg. So when you was like, nah, bro, it didn't even hurt. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, man. Nah, I was cool. I think that's why they thought I was full of shit because I was like, I I tore my Achilles. And they were like, nah. And I was like, was anybody behind me? They was like, no. I was like, then I tore my Achilles, dog. Like, Mm. I felt they were like, you felt the pop? I was like, I felt it and I heard it. And that shit, the girl shot loud. That shit didn't as much sound like a pop, but it sounded like when you stretch out a rubber band and you ting it like a like a guitar string. Boom. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounded like, dog. And I just ate shit and I was just laying there with my life flashing before my eyes because like it's my right leg. So I can't drive. Yeah. I didn't know how I was gonna get my baby to and from daycare. I'm not gonna get to see her as much as I have I usually do. Um you know, how I'm going to take a shit, a shit all the mm. time. It's just all of these things, man. Everything uh, just rushed through. And I, I was like, that was the pain. The physical pain wasn't there. The pain was just like, this is this is going to be a really long road of recovery. And, mm. you know, I, I knew, though, dog. So, um, but shout out, shout out my man, Jeremy, man. Jeremy was there. He's who picked me up. Um him and, and my boy Craig, they got me over to the sidelines. And luckily, I was hooping with dudes that I know. Yeah. Like a lot of guys that I know. And um, and the guys that I don't know, know the guys that I know. So they were concerned. You know, everybody got me over to the sideline. Um, Jeremy took me to the ER, stayed with me long as fuck at the ER. And then um, I went in to the doctor on that following Monday. And they confirmed what it was, had surgery that following Friday, about a week after the injury, and I've been kind of laid up since. Um, yeah. The good thing, the good thing I would say, the silver lining in all of this shit, right, is like, I haven't had a whole lot to do. You've been kind of going through it, and we've been talking a lot more, bro. Like, yeah. we, I think we, since we started the podcast, we started talking a lot more, but like, Recently, we've been talking a whole lot more, man. And it's like, I, I want to take some time out to thank you 
for being there for me for this injury, man. Because it's not, it might not seem like the worst thing in the world. I'm, I'm in good spirits. I'm great. I'm not in pain. But like, just that adjustment of not seeing my baby, you know, yeah. motherfuckers got to help me get in the shower. It's just is is bullshit, and I hate it. But you've been, <laughs> you, you know, you've been keeping me laughing and keeping and checking on me and shit. And um, I woke up from my surgery feeling all drunk, but. I te- you were like one of the first people I text when I woke up and shit, or maybe my mom might have texted you. So I I appreciate yeah, yeah. that, moms, man. moms, moms was keeping me informed of the whole process, man. And I uh, I uh, I look, I'm gonna be real. It's probably better that I'm on the other side of the country while you going through this injury, <laughs> nigga. Because because I if I if we was in the same place. I would be like right up under you, like hey, you, some, you want some soup, you want some extra Kleenex, nigga. I'd be trying to give you a shower myself, like not no gay shit. But I'd be like, you need help wiping your asshole, nigga. Like I, I got you, bro. <laughs> and the culture is like Will's. Will's was like. Wills was like, yo, I, I, I know you're going to take care of Kurt for you. Like whatever you can do, I know you got him. I know you got him. So. Yeah, man, like for me, being on the other side of the country, I feel like I, when you told me like all the shit you was going to have to go through, like to recover, I was just like, fuck, I wish I could help. I wish I could help more. But, you know, if if lifting spirits is the least I could do, then fuck, man, I'm I'm proud to do it. Yeah, no, nah, man, it's been good. And, and, and shout you out. Shout out everybody, man. Like mm-hmm. I've been actually kind of overwhelmed, like so many people have been like you know let me if you need help let me know co-workers have cussed me out because i didn't tell them and they're like the fuck i could have been helping you like um people in my life just you know people been coming over taking care of me cooking me meals picking up food for me checking on me all the time so anybody who listens to out listens to this shout out to y'all thank y'all so much man like i really appreciate it you know um i'm laid up in a cast right now but other than that you know I, after I got over shit, got more acclimated, I'm more independent. I was able to watch this movie finally, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I think we both missed this shit. So I'm happy that we are back recording. Yeah, man. I I think with with all the shit you've been going through and all the shit I've been going through, this is like this is this is uh, always something that I look forward to, and and I think uh, I think that right now. Uh, getting into this shit is something we both need. I just want to point out real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to point out real quick for y'all motherfuckers that can't see, because I can see my nigga, <laughs> my nigga been laid up for a whole month with a fucked up chicken wing, and this nigga still got a fresh cut. Oh yeah, man, I had to, I had to get a. Now don't get it fucked up, y'all. I was looking like Jamie Foxx in the Soloist for a while there. My shit was looking crazy, man. I was. I definitely looked homeless, you know. Um, I, yeah, you told me you told me you was up in there looking like twelve years a slave, but yeah, I'm like, I'm yeah. like this nigga's this nigga's cut look like Marty Mar right now. Always yeah. looking fresh. Yeah, no, nah, man, the shit was so fucked up, peep. So my daughter started ballet, and I was going to go get my haircut Saturday morning. Her ballet class was Saturday, right? My dad was going to take me to the barber first. First, to let y'all know how fucked up my shit was. My father lived about an hour 15, an hour and a half away from me. <laughs> this nigga told me he would drive down here to my house, drive back up by his. I, I get my haircut up by him about an hour from here, back towards his house. 
He would drive down an hour and a half here, an hour back up there for my cut, an hour back down here to drop me, and an hour and a half home. That's how bad I was looking. <laughs> then to further cement this shit, when I told him my baby had ballet class on Saturday morning, I was like, you know, I want to get my cut, but I want to go to her first class. I don't really know, Dad. Like, what you think? Because, you know, I don't want to be looking crazy either. He said, you should go get a haircut. <laughs> with no hesitation shout out to my pops for keeping it real with me man everybody else was like oh you'll be nah man nah niggas would have been like they would have they would have asked baby mama you okay are y'all okay are y'all in danger do you need help do you need some type of assistance and i was and play you know a player dog i ain't on that time so you know. big big shout out to the captain man yeah big man. shout, out to, shout out shout out to my barber too for you know freshening me up <laughs> all right man let's get into it kurt let's get what into are it. we watching this week we are watching 2007's death proof death proof this was just a- want to shout out this is a special request from my sister big shout outs to the homie vz the baby please, please say, say the, the baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man my when my when my sister found out we were doing a podcast she put in a special request so had to knock this one out to her big shout out to her she's been supporting us from the start um and then real quick y'all if y'all looking for some plants and you're in the washington area check out my sister on ig she's at seeds and stees she is a plantologist or whatever the fuck they call themselves botanist a botanist. I like plantologist better. Me too. She's a, <laughs> she's a plantologist. She can sell you some plants. She can help bring your plants back to life. Hit her up on Instagram at Seeds and Steeds. Seeds and Steeds, and she'll 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 get you she'll get you looking right with your with your herbs. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. And then I want to go a little bit further. She's probably gonna get mad at me for this, but I don't give a fuck. It's my show. What's she gonna do, right? Um Shout out to her for being my second favorite women's basketball player of all time, right behind Shit. Cynthia Cooper. But she is the she is easily my second favorite women's basketball player of all time. She was a hooper. I give myself way more credit than I deserve because when like this isn't an act with us. Like this is really my brother of like mm-hmm. 25 years. So his siblings or my siblings she used to come to the court when we was hooping. I would always pick her first. I'd always make her play with us with the bit like high school dudes when she was in middle school. Um, and she would hold her own. She always did mm-hmm. well, man. And me and her fucked you and Deshaun up in the backyard that one time. I knew we, you was going to bring We don't need up. to talk about that. But no, I, I you know, I always feel I always feel proud of what she accomplished on the court. And I felt like I played a part in that and still some confidence in her. Not that she needed it. She always knew she was a beast. But, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, yeah, I love her, man. I love I love all of them. So but shout out to VZ, the baby. Please say the baby. She knows. She knows. She got a special place in my heart, man. She knows that's yeah, my girl. For sure. Death proof. Death proof by special request from my sister. Love you, sis. Yeah, <laughs> we love you. All right. So as Kurt said, this one was released in 2007, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. This is Quentin Tarantino's fifth film. Okay. <clears throat> and we are going to go into that all that shit a little bit later. Okay. Uh, this movie stars Kurt Russell. This is just some standouts: Kurt Russell, Rosario Dawson. Um, Zoe Bell, Sidney Poitier, Rose McGowan, and Vanessa Ferlito. So is it is it Sydney? 
Portier? Is that it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's Sydney it's, to me a but Portier, it's, but it's, it's it's Sydney Portier, the actor's daughter. Sydney with a Y though. Her dad's with yeah. just the I, right? I think I think it's Sydney E Y, and the dad was Sydney with no E Y. I don't know. Sydney Portier, the actor, is way before me. But first, well, she's just junior. Fuck it. We rocking like she, that. Sydney Portier Junior. Can a girl be a junior? I don't think so. But we it, they are on our show. Look, Johnny Cash said a boy can be named Sue, so a girl can be a junior. Con Junior on uh, what was that show? You know, uh, Hank Hill and them. <laughs> what was the name of that show? What was the name of that show? King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Con Junior. The girl was a junior, so this is you know Sydney Junior. Fuck it. Fuck, Fuck it. it. This movie was uh, this movie had a budget of thirty million dollars and it brought in thirty point seven million dollars, so oh. it made its money back just. Just. Um, Burly. It was. Re- what up? Burly. <laughs> Burly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie was initially released as a double feature, mm-hmm. uh, Grindhouse, with with uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, Planet Terror. Yeah. Did you see this movie standalone or did you see it all together? I saw it all together. Okay. And I think it altered my initial feelings about this film. Ooh, this is going to be interesting to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I initially saw it by itself and then I watched Planet Terror as a whole work. Okay. Um. The running time of the Planet Terror version is 100 minutes. Oh. The running time of the standalone Death Proof movie is 127 minutes. So, in order to make Grindhouse, Quentin cut 27 minutes out of the actual film itself. Hmm, interesting. So, when we get to when we get to how that altered your thoughts on this movie, uh, I'd be interested to see if that if if those cuts or those additions uh, helped or hindered your your thought on the film, um, and then this movie has a sixty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave it two and a half out of four stars. Hmm. Okay. So okay. we will get into all of that. Yeah, man. Um, if you're ready to move on, man, I'll 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 get on with the uh, with the little with the little synopsis and then we can get into the review whenever you're ready yeah man what's up with the synopsis what's what's this so this movie death proof two separate sets of voluptuous women are stalked at different times by a scarred stuntman who uses his death proof cars to execute his murderous plans oh voluptuous women cars this sounds like a good one I like all of it. I like voluptuous <laughs> women. I like cars, and I like scarred stuntmen. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, all right, man. you got yeah. <laughs> You got anything else to add? Before nah, we get man. It, man. No, this this sounds like something right up both of our alleys. So let's get into it. All right, so we're gonna switch it up a little bit. Normally, Kurt drives, but since we're talking about a crazy motherfucker driving. I'm going to do the driving on this one. Yes, sir. All right. So this movie starts out. Three friends, Arlene, Shanna, and radio DJ Jungle Julia Lukai, drive down Congress Avenue in Austin, Texas, on their way to celebrate Julia's birthday. In a bar, Julia reveals that she made a radio announcement offering a free lap dance from Arlene 
in return for addressing her as Butterfly, buying her a drink, and reciting a segment of the poem, Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening. The section they have to repeat is, The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, and I have miles promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Do you hear me, Butterfly? Miles to go before you sleep. Aging Hollywood stunt double Mike McKay trails the women to a bar and claims the lap dance. He notes that Julia is on, a bill, is on billboards across town and she is cold towards him. He, re, he then returns to sit with the group and recites the lines to Arlene. She is suspicious having seen Mike's car earlier that day watching her outside a restaurant, but he convinces her to give him the lap dance. All right. So a lot, a lot. That's actually a really good, <laughs> a well-written breakdown of that first like third of the movie. Um, all right. So from the jump, something in every single Quentin Tarantino film, well, at least after Reservoir Dogs, I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't watched that one that many times. Our feature presentation music at the beginning of all of his films. Funky as fuck. Like, I love that shit. It's actually called Funky Fanfare. I like it so much I found the song to listen to. Like the shit is fire. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, actually I actually added this entire soundtrack to my Spotify. Yeah, I'm actually gonna listen to the soundtrack while I'm working tomorrow. This shit soundtrack was great. Um <laughs> Quentin Tarantino definitely has a foot fetish, bro. A hundred percent. Every uh, every one of his movies has women's toes shown in them. And it's a lot of feet in this movie. A lot of bare toes in this movie. Um, so something else that I noticed is Greg Nicotero, the mm-hmm. makeup guy from The Walking Dead, did the special effects and makeup on this yeah. movie. Yeah. And that 2007 puts this way before uh, Walking Dead comes out, right? I think it's like three years. Three years, right? Dead. So well, yeah. Greg Nicotero's been in the game since the 80s with uh he got his start with george romero okay early uh of the dead movies okay so yeah Yeah. so that was great um but yeah and so then once we actually really get into the movie um when they're driving through town every time the girls see a jungle julia billboard they Mm -hmm. cheer and i love that like they're in an argument they're being assholes to each other for a little bit but when they see the (laughs) billboard yeah so like i thought that was really really dope um and then another thing when they're talking in the car on the way over there something i love about all tarantino movies everybody knows his dialogue is always great right but i always like that the characters always tell a story that could be a whole nother film unto itself right right i always like that about his um about his dialogue in his movies and that's that's something I, i wanted to touch on right quick is like since we kind of since we kind of changed how we run through this, um, we're gonna skip over what may a lot of what makes this movie great. Like this movie being a Quentin Tarantino movie, is the characters and how they talk to each other and how Quentin writes dialogue. Um, some of the dialogue is is not even conducive to the movie, which I feel like is a little bit different than his other films, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that later as well. But um, there's some stuff like so let's just let's talk about this the intro and jungle julia Mm -hmm. what were your thoughts on jungle julia so when i first saw this movie i thought jungle julia was like hot stuff 
thought she had a like, yeah. nice little body and everything. Watching it now, I think it's just because I was thirsty at the time. Watching it now, she's not packing any ass, but she, her legs are nice. I really, really like her legs. And she's a good-looking woman. Super good-looking woman. Yeah. I was in love with Julia, with Jungle Julia. Mm-hmm. And then we meet Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Butterf- Butterfly steals my heart in this movie. Um, one of the cool things I picked up about Jungle Julia is her in-screen poses always resemble a piece of art that is somewhere else on the screen. Ah, I, never, I did not notice that. So as she's lounging, as she's lounging on the couch smoking weed, there's a picture right above her that looks almost identical to her. Yes. And then when we get her POV of like looking down her legs at her feet, she's looking at another piece of art that looks very similar to to how she was sitting. Oh. And then when uh, when Stuntman Mike comes out on the front porch of the bar, um, and he's like, "Hey, you got billboards all around." The billboard that's outside of the bar is her sitting almost identically how how she's sitting sitting yeah i did know she was like yeah there's one right up there um there was something else i picked up on Mm -hmm. throughout their time at the bar jungle julia is texting this guy named chris simonson i i had this in here too Uh, all i had was old school cell phone texting was awful t9 t9 texting it was terrible all you youngins (laughs) y'all are lucky y'all missed that shit dog so as usual i watched this movie with my son and when he saw the way that she had to text like he remembered seeing people doing it but he never had to experience it right but like when he was watching her text his reaction was oh my god that would be annoying (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was Uh, terrible um and another thing i had as far as the dialogue there's a scene um where the girls meet up at the first bar and they have another friend that joins the group And they do a role play where after she tells her that, you know, she has to give him a lap dance, the girl role plays as a guy with Butterfly. And Mm -hmm. I thought that this role play scene was great. It was funny. The girl who was playing the guy was she did such a good job. Like she was good. And something that I thought was funny. Butterfly says that Jungle Julia has a big ass, which she doesn't. And she was like, she she likes to say she has a big black girl ass, but I don't think so. She just has a big ass. So, um, the actress's name is Marcy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her last name. And she doesn't have a lot of acting credits, but her name is Marcy. And Quentin Tarantino was so impressed with her table read and role play as, uh, what was the guy's name she picked? I think it was Barry. Mm-hmm. He was so impressed with her with her role play as Barry that when he gave her the job, he rewrote that character's name as Marcy. So oh, Marcy wow. is her name in the movie, and like she's like, you know, her test read is immortalized. Um, okay, but yeah, she was like, I like her ass. She got <laughs> black girls ass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought um, that was that was really that was really good. And then the last note, the last note that I got before we got to get to the big one is, uh, for me, this bar is amazing. This is the, the type of bar that I would find myself at every fucking night. Yeah. I love that bar. Yeah. This was a cool bar where they meet Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the bar that they meet Mike in was really cool. So a couple of things about Stuntman Mike we see. Stuntman Mike has a scar running down his face, across his eye. Mm-hmm. Looks very awesome. Um, he is fucking up some nachos when we're introduced to him. <laughs> fucking these nachos up. 
Um, he says that he is a teetotaler. Yeah. I just found out that was a thing and it has a name. I apparently am also a teetotaler. You are a teetotaler. Um, a teetotaler is somebody who does not drink or use any type of drugs by their own free will. No real reason for it. Um, there are some other famous teetotalers that you may not know. Oh, shit. Um, Tyler, the creator, is a teetotaler. Okay. And a big one that I don't think that you would know would be very surprised by, because I was. Triple H. Ooh. Very weird. Wow. I Yeah, apparently, like, always. So when he was hanging with, like, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon and them, he was always the designated driver because he didn't do any of that shit. He was still partying you know with what? them, but he didn't do any of that. You know what? That doesn't shock me having given, like, having watched that A&E biography on Shawn Michaels, like... Triple H, Triple H was always the one that was like responsible for like he was the one that vowed to be responsible for Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels was heavy into drinking or heavy into cocaine. Like he would set alarms every couple of hours to go to Shawn Michaels' hotel room and make sure he was still breathing. Yes. I am not a teetotaler. Shout out to uh, Basil Hayden uh, Whiskey. Um, I got a bottle for my anniversary and it's really good. Shout out to y'all, man. My man's drinking it. You know what I'm saying? Get us a sponsorship. We don't really need no money. You can just send them free liquor. That's fine. I'd love it. I'd yeah, love it. Yeah, so um, we're good with that. But yeah, so that's heard, a... So, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I always heard that 50 Cent was a teetotaler. I, I, I think that... I don't think he's completely... I think he will dabble on occasion. But for the yeah. most part, yeah, he's the... He's a guy that doesn't really smoke or drink much. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. That's what I've always so heard. So some famous ones, Triple H, Tyler Creator, and Kurt from You Watching or Not. That's what's up. You know That's what I'm saying? Up. All right. Um, and so then, sorry, and then one more thing. Mm-hmm. When he when when Mike explains that he is a teetotaler, they have a they have a discussion that I have every week. So the discussion is why would somebody who doesn't drink come to a bar? Before COVID, I was all about happy hour, dog. Like, I, yeah. I always want to go. And everybody would clown me. And they'd be like, well, why do you want to go to happy hour? And you don't even drink. And I'm like, bro, like, the food is cheap, too. And I'm a fat motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Appetizers be half off. You know, you get 10 wings for $3 and shit like that. So I'm here. Like, I'm here for the food and the girls, usually. But, you know what I'm saying? But mainly the food. So... You know, just because we don't just because we don't drink don't mean that we don't like to have a good time. And just because we don't drink definitely doesn't mean that we don't like to eat. And just because I don't like to drink definitely does not mean I'm not trying to be where the girls are. Listen to me. When that when that question is asked in the movie, my response was, that's a dumb fucking question. (laughs) And the only people that will ask those dumb fucking questions are those weak motherfuckers who need excuses to drink alcohol. I drink alcohol all by myself all the time, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't Mm -hmm. need a reason. I don't need to go to a bar to enjoy a drink. Going to a bar is more fun because there's other people to talk to. There's uh, delicious fucking food that costs half price. One of my favorite things to eat ever was at um, at a bar and pub that's now closed, and they had a delicious prime rib burger that was only available... During happy hour. There you go. There you go. Fucking delicious. So, so back don't up ever off ask of me. People, 
Don't ever ask people why they go to the bar, even if they don't drink. Like, let motherfuckers do what they do. You do what you do. And let people enjoy themselves. You know what I'm saying? I ain't asked why you ugly. I ain't asked why your haircut fucked up. You know Ouch. what I'm saying? Ouch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't asked why you got on the Gucci belt, but you drive a 07 Corolla. I ain't asked mm. that, did I? So leave me alone, man. Let Ouch. me ha- let me go get some half-off appetizers, nigga. All right. Now, All right. let's talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. The slap dance. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So the last, all right. So hold on. Hold on. Let me touch, because this is going to take a while. So let me touch on two things. Yeah. Pam is at the bar. Stuntman Mike is checking out the group of girls that we've been following. Pam is hating like shit on Jungle Julia. Hating like a motherfucker. Because she's been a fully developed woman since she was like 12. And fucking all the boys. I thought that was funny. Seems like a dope idea to me. To put your feet out, your bare feet out in the rain, like hang them off a thing. Have you ever done that? Yeah. How is it? I love the rain. All right. But do you like it on your feet? I love it. I love the rain. As a black man, I don't have my toes out a lot, but I might try this. Um, Also, have you ever smoked weed out of a pipe? Yeah. Does it make you feel like a crackhead? (sighs) Not that kind of pipe. I actually just went in on my mom. Not too long ago, because <laughs> she had this. She had this piece. I ain't gonna say too many. I ain't gonna. You niggas don't know who the fuck my mom is. She had this piece. It's supposed to be like a little indiscreet. You could wear it wherever you want to wear it. But she was at my house and she smoked out of that shit. And I was like, "You can't, Jones. You can't." Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you something. You're putting it in the end, and then you put fire to the end of some shit that looks like a little glass straw. You look like a crackhead right now. Mm, mm-hmm. And she took that shit to heart, and she threw that fucking thing away. Yeah, and man. I thank her for that. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never smoked. But if I did, I don't think I would do the pipe. I would just do like a blunt or a J, because I, okay. I would feel like a, a, a crackhead smoking out the pipe. <laughs> so, you know. There are some real crackhead-looking pipes out there. Yeah, I've seen them, bro. They were using one in this movie. So, <laughs> but, um, all right. So the, the lap dance. So let me, and then let me say one thing. I watched this movie on voodoo free, but with ads. Okay. Good thing. I didn't have my lotion out for this lap dance. Cause I had a commercial <laughs> break right in the middle of the shit. I was like, what kind of shit is this? But okay. So the lap dance, um, this starts because, as you mentioned in the synopsis, if a man buys a drink, recites the poem, calls her butterfly, she's supposed to give them a lap dance, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Stuntman Mike goes about this the correct way. Jungle Julia tries to stop it from happening. And Butterfly says that she, you know, she's a little afraid of his car. But Stuntman Mike was a smooth motherfucker. And he says a few, he, he explains that she wants to do it because her feelings are a little hurt that she thought she'd be pestered all night and nobody's done it yet. Yep. And few things are as fetching as a bruised ego on a beautiful angel. Oof. I'm going to keep it real with you. When he said that, I took my drawers off for my nigga. And I was <laughs> like, this is a smooth nigga right here. Kurt, Kurt Russell turns the charm all the way up on this. Yeah, he's great. Um, the song she dances to 
is called Down in Mexico. Down in Mexico by the Coasters. And it was sampled um, by Joel Santana. I don't know if you ever heard this song. I have. Yeah, it was on a mixtape called He Wears a Red Bandana, and that shit was fire. But this original version is fucking fire. Yeah. Fire. More, more fire. More fire. Put, 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 put. <laughs> All right. So what else about this lap dance, brother? Um, Slap dance is amazing. Yeah. Anytime I've seen it. this movie in front of my wife, I always felt guilty watching it. I felt like I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting little tidbit. Uh, well, real quick, before we get back to the interesting tidbit. The, the songs that play in this bar mm-hmm. all come from the jukebox. Yes. That is Quentin Tarantino's actual jukebox that he had shipped from his home to the bar. Hmm. See where some of that thirty million budget went, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all songs that like Quentin listens to on a regular basis. Um, I want to I want to drop this little interesting tidbit on you real quick and see if it changes your thoughts okay. on this lap dance. Vanessa Ferlito mm-hmm. was three and a half months pregnant when she filmed her scenes. This makes sense. This makes sense. This is something I have in my notes. Um, she had the slightest little pooch of belly. Yeah. And in this day and age of instant thoughts with all their fake bodies and looking the same, I was attracted to that. It did, her look. I was very attracted. Like it looked like a real woman. You know what I'm saying? It didn't bother me one bit. She is fire as fuck in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's my son. My son woman. thought my son thought she was the best looking woman in the movie. Okay, but he also thought that she was doing a little bit too much with her lips. Oh no! With the kissy face. No, I like like that. popping her lips out. None of that shit bothered me. Butterfly, butterfly is my favorite woman in this movie. I felt like she had like a little bit of a weird nose, but she definitely, but she definitely was probably the best one in this movie. Her body looked really nice. Her booty didn't look that big. It just looked nice, like you know what I'm saying. Everything just looked nice. She looked looked nice, proportionate, and I like the dance. She could dance. I was surprised how well she moved. Like Mm -hmm. she could dance and. I like I love Kurt Russell's reactions to everything. He's smiling at certain parts, you know. He's staring right at her ass when she's in front of yeah. him. Like, it, 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 this was a great scene. Yeah, he he's almost as lucky as Quentin Tarantino. Almost, almost. Quentin Tarantino had that table dance from Selma Hayek and from Dust Till Dawn, and got to drink the beer off of her foot. I would. As, it was tequila, and I would one hundred percent drink tequila off of Selma Hayek's feet. As a teetotaler, as one of the three famous teetotalers I just told you about, I would <laughs> drink tequila off of some of my high speed. <laughs> God damn, All right, boy. Do you, got <clears throat> do you got any other notes on this section? No. Okay. <clears throat> That's it. All right. So the women prepared to depart with Lana, another friend, to Shanna's family lake house. Pam... Julia's old classmate is in need of a ride home and accepts Mike's offer. Mike takes Pam to his Hollywood stunt car, which is rigged with a roll cage, and tells her the car is death proof. 
Once Pam is in the passenger seat, he reveals that it's only death-proof for the driver. He speeds and slams on the brakes, smashing Pam's skull onto the dashboard, killing her. He then catches up with the women's car and drives into it at high speed, killing them. Mike survives with no serious injury. Sheriff McGraw believes that Mike killed the women intentionally, but because Mike was sober while the women were intoxicated, he cannot be charged. And that 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 shows you how sick this nigga is, right? <laughs> He's super sick. He this is a great planned out murder that he commits. Um, first thing is, as Pam, there's no way I'm getting in that car, bro. <laughs> no way. No way. No, I don't give a fuck what his what his reasons are. No, I'm okay. Um, that was rough. The way he killed Pam was really rough in there. And then the the four deaths. The so when he speeds into their car at a high speed, he drives past them, turns off the lights, turns around, drives into them, turning on the lights at the very last moment, and they show this crash four times from the different perspectives of each passenger in the car. Yeah, these were rough. I do not remember them being this rough. <laughs> um, so one girl flies out of the car. Mm-hmm. She does like thirty-seven flips and then slams into the pavement. Yeah. Um. Another girl. The the driver. What happens to the driver? She just gets like peppered in her face with all the windshield. All oh, the glass. glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Jungle Julia is driving oh. with her leg out of the car, and we see her leg fly. It it's oh. severed and flies off. And <laughs> even though he killed her, he really helped her get a leg up on the competition. <laughs> oh fuck me man I, I mean, <laughs> i'm just saying man you know she you, you know you know he had he had good luck so somebody there had to break a leg Jesus, fuck, man. All right, sorry. No. <laughs> it's been a while for those. Came back for you strong. Came strong with them for you that time. Oh, shit. Uh, you know. Um, and then Butterfly, do you think Butterfly gets it the worst? Butterfly gets it the worst. With the tire running up up her face. Yeah, the car goes, His Mike's car goes over their car, but inside of it, and the tire spins off Butterfly's entire face. Good. Which was rough. I was like, holy shit. Um, I had only remembered Jungle Julia losing her leg. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I, I didn't remember all the rest of that shit. That was crazy. The sheriff that you spoke of, Sheriff McGraw? Sheriff McGraw. Sheriff McGraw is the sheriff from Kill Bill. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. Um, and something that I, I didn't notice until I watched this movie he might be the best cop of all time. <laughs> he nails it. In this movie and in Kill Bill, he he sees the crime scene, he takes a look around, and he's he to a T describes exactly what happened. Let me let me tell you how good Sheriff McGraw is. Sheriff McGraw claims that this is probably the only way stuntman Mike can get his jollies off. Mm-hmm. There's a deleted scene. Where after the crash, Stuntman Mike unharnesses himself, 
crawls out of his fucked up car and starts beating off. What the Sheriff fuck? McGraw is that fucking right. Wow. Wow. Quick thing on Sheriff McGraw. So as you mentioned, Sheriff McGraw is the same sheriff from the Kill Bill films. Mm-hmm. He's also the same Sheriff McGraw from from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, he was in that movie? Yes, he is. Okay. And he also plays Esteban Vajayo in Kill, Kill Bill, Bill. 2. Yes. So my, his name is Michael Parks. He's got incredible range. His actual son plays his son in the movie as the young sheriff, the deputy. Okay. So Sheriff, Sheriff McGraw is, he puts on a fucking clinic while he's giving his explanations. Since it don't cost nothing to think something, I think I'll (laughs) go ahead doing it. And then his son is like, you really think he did that on purpose? He said, shit. Yeah. Them goddamn girls look like a giant, chewed them up and spit them out. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love Sheriff McGraw in this movie. Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to ask you about. When mm-hmm. the doctor comes out of Stuntman Mike's room and the sheriff asks her about it, she seems extremely upset and pissed yes. off. Do you know why? I was confused about that. I do. So um, she plays Josh Brolin's wife, who is a doctor, who's also a doctor in Planet Terror. Ah. So in Planet Terror... She's carrying, like you notice in this movie, she's carrying a file. Uh huh. In Planet Terror, it goes a little bit more into the into the relationship between the sheriff and his daughter, and how you know he disapproves of what she's doing for a living. But her being pissed off with that file has to do with the fact that she just figured out her husband, Josh Brolin, in pa- Planet Terror, is is taking part in the zombie shit that's going on oh okay so that's that's why she's pissed off so she's having a bad day interacts the way she interacts with the sheriff is more of like a a mild irritation but Uh her being pissed off bleeds into the planet terror movie okay okay um i'm glad you touched on sheriff mcgraw that takes one of my notes out um i wanted to touch on the scene where we learn stuntman mike's true intentions okay that is Grade A 4.0 Quentin Tarantino script writing. Yes. Which way you going, Pam? Left or right? She says, I'm going right. And he says, oh, that's a shame. Because we're both going left. And had you said there was a 50-50 shot at you going left, and there would be a that way it'd be a lot longer before you started getting scared. Before since you're going right and I'm going left, you should probably start getting scared right now. Yeah. Yeah. That I dog, I've seen this movie a couple of times. Uh not as much as other Quentin Tarantino movies. But that delivery of that line makes my butthole pucker. Yeah. I get nervous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's great writing by Quentin Tarantino right there. It show also showed you how sick of a nigga he is for real. <laughs> and then the and then I wanted to touch on the car crash real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to listen to a Joe Rogan podcast where uh, Quentin Tarantino was his guest, and they talked about Death Proof. Okay, this car crash was done uh, with no CG. What they did was they rigged both of these cars up. So they rigged this Honda Civic, and they rigged this this uh, nineteen seventy Nova. 
Chevy Nova. They rigged them both up to drive remotely. So when those cars hit each other, they're both doing 100 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like all of the different angles of the car hitting each other, those are in-camera or in-car cameras of cars actually doing 100 miles an hour and slamming the fuck into each other. Wow. Which is why it looks so devastatingly violent. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good, man. Really good. (laughs) Really, really good. All right. So moving on, 14 months later, three young women, hair and makeup artist Abernathy Abby Ross, stunt woman Kim Mathis, and -and up-and-coming actress Lee Montgomery are driving through Lebanon, Tennessee, where they are shooting a film together. They stop at a convenience store where Mike watches them from his car. The women are en route to pick up Abby and Kim's friend, stunt woman Zoe Bell, from the airport, while Mike inconspicuously photographs them. Zoe tells them that she wants to test drive a 1970 Dodge Challenger, the same type of car from the 1971 film Vanishing Point, that is for sale nearby. The owner lets them test drive it, unsupervised, after Abernathy tells him that Lee is a porn star and will stay behind. <laughs> yeah, so this um this was a this was a welcome change. More feet. See Rosario More Dawson's feet, feet yeah. um hanging out the window. Mike creepily touches them. And like smells a, them. It smells them. He almost he licks his finger and touches them. It's like <laughs> I thought he was gonna lick them. It was very weird. Um the it starts in color, it quickly switches to black and white. And after Mike bumps her, brushes her feet, it switches back to color. Yeah. I love the color switches in this movie, in this part of the movie. I don't know why. I don't know why I like it so much, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here we have a bunch of callbacks to Kill Bill. So Rosario Dawson's ring Abernathy... Her ringtone is the whistle song from mm-hmm. Kill Bill. Right. Um, the car was painted similarly and had the same interior as the pussy wagon. And it also had a pussy wagon bumper sticker on the back of it. Yeah, it's that little pussy wagon. It's something I did not notice my first time through on this movie. And I think okay. I think there's a reason why. Because when you were saying that they had to, they altered the movie, I don't remember this part of the movie being in color. Am I tripping? Okay. Um, because I felt like the color change is when is is much later. I would this. have to go back and watch the death proof version. I thought okay. about doing that before we recorded so I could like see what the differences were, but I I didn't ever get around to it because I would have okay. had to rent the movie twice just yeah. to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, they're at at the convenience store. Abernathy finally goes inside, and when she brings up. <clears throat> the clerk tells her, I got the fashion magazines behind the counter. <laughs> and I thought I was cracking up. Like he was hustling like high like Vogue and stuff behind the counter. He sold her Italian a Vogue, Vogue. Italian Vogue for twenty seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Um The girls go get some food. I love how they tell this story that, that describes how much of a badass Zoe is. Yeah. Um, and how they call her Zoe the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really great. When it was time to go get the car, she said that she wanted to play. She wanted to do what did she want to do? 
Do you remember? Ship's mast. She wanted to do ship's mast, which is something that I feel like you would do. <laughs> but I don't. I do know this. She has to talk her friend into it. The black girl. What was her name again? Kim. Kim. Yeah, she has to talk Kim into it. They seem to be the closest of the group. She has to talk Kim into it. Kim is like, no. So she says she offers to crack her back whenever she wants while she's there. I'll crack your back. She said, you're going to have to put moisturizer on my butt, too. She says, okay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, Marcus, uh-huh. would you put moisturizer on my ass to drive a Lamborghini? <clears throat> now, so you don't have to think too hard. I don't have a Lamborghini lined up for you to drive. This is definitely a hypothetical question. No, don't no, get too excited. It, no, it's it's not out of fear. It's not a I mean for the right Lamborghini, I would moisturize the right ass. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you said, yo, you get to drive a Gallardo, no, I'm not moisturizing your ass for a Gallardo. But if we're talking like a nineteen ninety six Lamborghini Diablo VT Roadster. I'll moisturize your balls too. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nice little reach around. <laughs> the reach around action for the for the Diablo. Reach huh? your asshole, whatever you do, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, real funny here. The uh, the guy who's selling the car when they show up, he says, "What do you horny gals want?" <laughs> and then when Abernathy is propositioning him to let them take the car for a test drive, um, he says, "My friend." She says, "My friend Kim." He says, "That the colored girl." I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> she would be the girl of color. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucked up. Like, what kind of friends are they? Like, they they left Lee with this creep dog. Like, he's a fucking creep. Man, come on, dude. Come on. We done done some fucked up shit to some of our friends. Were they really our friends? Probably not anymore. <laughs> right, then, so. so I mean, if you fast forward, if you fast forward, Kim, Zoe, Abernathy, and and Lee, Lee's probably not in the crew anymore. Yeah, Lee's not. Lee's the one that doesn't fit there. Yeah. Um. I just want to point out, I know she probably doesn't listen because she's a born-again Christian, but I love her with all of my heart. Abernathy reminds me of Kim in this movie. I can see that. I can see that. When she's like, she's like, okay, first of all, fuck you and your little high five. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of things I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, shots to Zoe Bell. So yes. let's talk about how Zoe Bell got started in this movie. Okay. Um, Zoe Bell worked with Quentin Tarantino as the double for Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. Oh, wow. Okay. So Uma Thurman wanted to do as many stunts as possible, but there were certain flips and whips and, you know, falls and shit like that, that Uma just couldn't take or insurance, you know, insurance for the movie would not allow her to take. Uma, uh, Zoe Bell was her stunt double for those type of shots. Quentin had such a great time working with Zoe that he wanted to write a role specifically for her. So instead of writing a role for her, he wrote a role for her to be her in a movie. That's dope. So when Zoe Bell came along to, to work on Death Proof, 
she assumed that she was just doing stunt work. She didn't know that she was an actual star in the movie until she came to the to the premiere and saw her name on the poster. Oh wow. Yeah. So Zoe Zoe Bell's awesome. Um Rosario Dawson reminds me of Kim. The character Kim in the movie is like one of the funniest black women I've ever seen on film. Well, so I thought I thought she was a little over the top black. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like black girls don't it didn't seem as natural in okay. some in some spots to me. I thought she did Kim in this remo- in this movie reminds me of my aunt Carol. Okay. Um she's a little more tame. My aunt Carol doesn't drop uh she doesn't drop in bombs. Mhm. But she does call shit as she sees it. Okay. So when Kim when Kim in the movie says you guys are missing the most important part of the story. Zoe fell in the ditch even after she knew there was a ditch there. <laughs> and then she was like when she's talking about, you know, like fuck that, I want to do my laundry wherever I whenever I feel like doing my laundry. Mm-hmm. Or when she's like a motherfucker tries to rape me, I ain't trying to give that nigga a skin rash. I'm trying to <laughs> shut that nigga down. <laughs> yeah. And that great I love Great writing by Quentin in that. I always, I, I'm all, as much as like, there's a lot of, there's always a lot of controversy about him using the N word too much. He can always write black dialogue very well. So yeah. shouts to him for that. Like, I wondered, uh, I was wondering if we were going to get into this conversation at all because I totally forgot there were, there was the, I totally forgot the word nigga was in this movie. I did too. When it came, it surprised me and it didn't seem egregious to me. Okay. It could have been. It could have been left out. It didn't bother me in the movie. It doesn't bother me in most of his movies anyway. But you know, you know, it is. What There's it is. so. I mean, shit. I already brought it up, so we might as well talk about it a little bit. Okay. I mean, I feel like we could do an entire podcast. Yeah. On what directors do what and how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. I. I can see the argument that Quentin Tarantino sometimes does it just to do it. Mm-hmm. Because he's already gotten the pass. That's mm-hmm. the, that from from what I remember. That's kind of the conversation you and I have had. Mm-hmm. My argument to that has always been like when Quentin Tarantino has a character in a movie say nigga or nigger. It's always it, to me. It never seems out of place because he writes characters so well that these are the characters that I imagine. This is how I imagine that character would talk. Yeah, and it, it and that's the thing. Like, it's, it, like people made a big deal about Django, which was the one that kind of bothered me because I'm like, it's a movie about slaves. They weren't calling them brother. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like I didn't, I didn't get that one. The one that stood out to me the most was like Pulp Fiction when he's actually in the movie talking to Samuel Jackson, Jules, sure. and he calls and he's like, you know, this isn't dead nigger storage X Y Z. Now it makes it a, a, a interesting. An interesting plot twist because his wife is black, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's like I, as a black man with a lot of white friends and a and a black man that knows a lot of black men with a lot of white friends, we're not cool with niggas just being like dead nigger, 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 nigger all the time. Yeah. No matter how cool you are, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So I just thought I thought that was like a very weird, you know. Sometimes I I do feel like he just kind of. He knows he has the the pass or the card, so he he throws it out there way more than it needs to be. But for mm-hmm. the most part, it doesn't bother me too much. 
But I can definitely understand the argument of why some people are bothered by it. So I, I, I really don't want it to seem like I'm like writing an apology for Quentin Tarantino. But a lot of a lot of stuff that I didn't know before was brought to light with that interview he did with Joe Rogan. And what I learned was one of the things he's done since since the beginning of writing movies is he essentially writes a novel for each character for Mm -hmm. each of his key characters. Mm -hmm. And for that one in particular, like uh, Jimmy in Pulp Fiction, one of the things that doesn't make it to the screen is the fact that Jimmy and Jules used to work together as hitmen. Mm -hmm. So they've killed men together. They've been under fire together. They've been, you know, through hell and back together. So I can understand, I can understand how, Jimmy, the character might feel like he can talk to Jules, the character that way, Mm -hmm. but I can also understand how none of that's on screen. Mm -hmm. None of it is on screen. So that whole thing kind of just passes over the top of our head. And it is a little bit different when like you're the writer and director of the movie. And it kind of just seems like you're writing an opportunity for you to say nigger in a movie. I can see that too, but, but it all like, for me, it always kind of goes back to like, He's writing characters and he's one of the best people in Hollywood at creating believable characters. That's one of the strong points of his movie. That's why he can have a three hour movie. That's all dialogue because his characters are that good. Uh But I I can, as I get older and and as I get more open-minded, I can see the other side of that argument. Okay. So yeah, I think, you know, I think that, I think that's a good, a good point to agree on. It's like, in certain movies, yeah, you know, it, it seems a little egregious. Sometimes it definitely drops the narrative. Django, it definitely drops the narrative. Kim using it here, it didn't seem weird. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's how I talk. You know what I'm saying? So it was fine. And then the last thing before we move on that I wanted to mention, the this section of the movie, when they, when they flash to Lebanon, Texas, opens... With one of my favorite driving songs ever. What song is that? That was the movie, uh, it, or it was the song, it's called It's So Easy by Willie DeVille. Okay. So we get the title card, Lebanon, Texas, and then it's like, dun 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 Like, to me, I have that song on speed dial, and when I feel like just getting on the open road and rolling the window down... That's that's one of the first songs that comes on. I love driving to that song. Did you hear that song from the movie, or you heard it before the movie? I heard that song from the movie, and that and then you just you took it under from there. Yeah, of okay. of all the songs in this movie, that is my favorite one. Okay, so mine is down in Mexico. Just for <laughs> I can I cannot fuck I cannot fucking disagree with that. That's a really good one too. Okay, all right. So Zoe tells Abernathy and Kim. She wants to play a game called Ship's Mast, where she rides the hood holding belts fastened to the car while Kim drives at high speeds. Kim is hesitant but agrees. The three enjoy the stunt, unaware that Mike is watching them. He rear-ends them in his car, causing Zoe to accidentally drop one of the belts. After several more collisions, he T-bones them, throwing Zoe from the hood. Kim shoots Mike's left shoulder, and he flees in his car. Abernathy and Kim cry over the loss of their friend until Zoe emerges uninjured. The three, the three agree to catch up to Mike and kill him. So, um, this chase scene is just, 
Well, ship's mast. You you wouldn't do it? I feel like Fuck. you would do it. At five miles an hour, sure. I would try it. But not going fast? Fuck no. Okay. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like young Marcus would have did that shit, dog. Maybe. Young Marcus. I could totally see young Marcus hopping on the hood of Stevens, of of, of ugly Stevens. Escort. Red <laughs> Red Ford Escort and doing ship's mast. Yeah. Over, so, over in like the Chico area. Yeah. 100%. I can see that. I can see that. But, I, you know. Okay. Um, no, this, this chase scene was beautifully shot in my opinion you thought so i thought i thought it was great i you know there there are certain things that they do in the movie because it's supposed to be like an old exploitation film so it's like some bad cuts that are on purpose yeah but as far as like the driving and like their cars are literally side by side and they're screaming at it. he's screaming at them they're like what the fuck like you know it's it's great we can see zoe her her body's flailing on the hood I thought that this, the cinematography on this, this whole section, the rest of the movie from here was amazing, in my opinion. So this uh, ship's mass scene, uh, this is 100% Zoe Bell, 100% holding onto a car with belts, Mm -hmm. and they are not doing five miles an hour. No. They are doing 70 plus miles an hour. With with a real person on the hood of a fucking car doing crashes, and there's no way. It, that's why watching this, we talked. I talked about this in Tenet, where there was like no way he had to have done that stunt. I yeah. know she, without knowing, I knew she did this. I yeah. knew it. There's no way you can fake that. Like it, it looked too real. Which makes me like, as I was watching it after knowing that, it makes me kind of shit my pants because there are sections <laughs> of this sequence. Where she doesn't have a belt at all. She's just holding on to the hood. Yeah. She's holding on to the hood pins. She's holding on to the air scoops. She's just holding on to whatever she can fucking grab. And and to dress it up, to dress it up, to, to really dial up the danger. When she's getting prepared for it, she takes her belt off, you know, and then she has a jacket that she's going to put on, which would save you from some road rash, you know? Some. Kim is like, no, I'm wearing a jacket. Yeah. So this bitch is just up there in the fucking t-shirt. <laughs> A little halter top doing this shit in some jeans. Like, yeah, cra- crazy, man. Crazy. But, like, I just thought it was cool. All of the angles. Do we know, is Kim a real actress or is she a real stunt driver? Kim is an, Kim is an actress playing a stunt driver. Okay, so she's not really a stunt driver. No. But because those scenes where they're driving and it's the inside of the car and you can see Kurt Russell, he... he sways away and comes in and hits them there's no break in the camera there's no it looks so fucking real they're yelling at each other they're screaming at each other the acting was great i thought um the shots were great i i really enjoyed this part that's awesome that's awesome um and then after the big crash (laughs) zoe bounces up and says i'm okay I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, and then in a weird, in a weird twist, the whole time before this, I didn't, but I kind of saw she's not a bad looking gal. When she walks up to the car, she closes the door and leans in and starts talking to the girls, and she's like, "Yeah, who was that guy? Where'd he go?" Like, I was like, "She's not bad looking," and she does resemble Uma Thurman, but she's much more pretty, in my opinion. I would agree. I would agree. Zoe yeah. Bell is prettier. 
is prettier than uh, Uma Thurman. But she does resemble her slightly. Yeah. A very pretty version of her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Mike stops on a narrow road to treat his wound with whiskey. The woman rear end him at high speed. Zoe gets out and beats him with a pipe, but he resists and drives off her again. After a long chase, the woman push Mike's car off the road. They drag him from the wreckage and beat him to death. Mm-hmm. This is right up my alley. Um, the only thing I like more than revenge films are revenge films where women get the revenge. Mm. Um, as I already mentioned, Kill Bill is probably my favorite movie. Um, but this, this is just, I loved it. You, you know, you, you got, you, you did your thing in Texas, but now you're in Tennessee and you got the right one this time, Mike, you got the right bitches this time. And they are not, you know, a lot of women would have just been like, Oh my God, we survived this crazy attack. And they go home and scared. And these bitches, they said, nah, we're going to go get this motherfucker. Let's go get him. And I loved it, man. I loved it. I, I loved how the tables turned. And now Mike is hunted and he's afraid and he's trying to run away and he's praying for safety. And and they still find him. I love Zoe beating the shit out of him. Like they they run down on him, and she gets out, starts beating his ass, and hitting him in his bullet wound. Like everything about this this last fifteen minutes of the movie was yeah. awesome to me. It was the acting was great. Kim shit talking was great. Um, Abernathy being like, "Let's go get him," when she's supposed to be kind of like the chill one. All yeah, that's it. what I was gonna mention. Was like you were like you were like most women would have been like this and that, but like the one who's all about chasing him down, like let's go kill this bastard. That's all Abernathy, which is the one that they were worried about being the mom of the group. Yeah, they didn't even want to take her to begin with because she's a mom. Yeah, she's a mama. So <laughs> you know they wanted to leave her, and she was like, "No, let's go get this motherfucker," and they get him. And I I loved it, man. I loved the tables turning. I loved the 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 music. I loved how they how they find him and track him down everything about this was dope to me and 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 you know once again just to hit on all real car chases no cg all real crashes um i guess they used like for the for for stuntman mike's second car the the 69 dodge dodge uh charger they had like four of them and they used up every single one of those motherfuckers so his car wasn't the charger that was the girl's car no, theirs was the white Challenger. Challenger, okay, he had yeah. a Charger. Both both Dodges. He had a he had a Charger. They had a Challenger. What was his first car again? That was a, a Chevy Nova. Nova, okay, all right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man. Um, no, yeah, you could tell all of the it, nothing looked too fancy or too too Hollywood. It looked gritty and grimy, and it looked like real cars. It, it looked awesome, man. Like it, I I enjoyed this. This was dope. That. I mean, the entire third part or the the entire f- final part of this movie is essentially a twenty minute car chase. Yeah. So, um, I was actually I'm actually shocked to hear that like you're all in, all on, in on on the final act. Why? I don't I don't because it's a twenty minute car chase. Like, <laughs> but I like action just as much as the next guy. I know, but this is like you know this is like all car action. <laughs> no, it was this is dope, man. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it because the way it's framed, you know? Mm-hmm. I think if yeah. it was just kind of like 
some Dukes Cartoon of Hazzard shit. Like Fast and Furious. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, you know, uh, all right. But the fact but, that it's revenge and the fact that it's women getting revenge. It's women, yeah, and they're badasses, yeah. you know, like, I, I loved it all. It was a little, the ending is a little corny, the way they beat him to death and shit. But, like, they, yeah. So they that, beat him man. to death, we get the freeze frame of victory, and then Abernathy, the mama, delivers a fucking axe kick to his skull, smashing him. He'll smash death blow, finishing him off. <laughs> so yeah, I um no, this was that but no, this was dope though, man. Like I, I liked it, man. Zoe Zoe was great. Um Rosario was great, Kim was great, like everybody was great in this, man. I, I enjoyed it. So that's the end of the movie, man. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Let's get into a cool uh, song at into- the end. A cool song and cool credit shots. Like um, every every so often, when there's a certain section of the song that plays every couple bars, and it shows like you know some behind the scenes footage or mannequins on the set. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty dope. That's I some like Quentin that. Tarantino shit. Yeah, I thought it was pretty dope. <laughs> though I liked it. So you know. I uh, uh, I I had the name of the song, but it's all in French, and I forgot how to pronounce it. Yeah, but that shit was fire. I, I, it was jamming. All the songs in this was jamming to me, though. So you know. No, I would I would definitely. So last last week, uh, when I got off work, like my my Friday night, I went in the garage. I shot some pool, and I poured myself a drink. And the entire time that I shot some pool, I was listening to this soundtrack, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely something we're going to ride around to. Um, one of the things I really wanted to touch on before we get into like the, you know, like the, the little, the little knickknacks of the movie was the, the stuff they did. You, you mentioned like this movie supposed to be shot as like a slasher movie, like a 1970s slasher movie at a drive-in. Some of the things that they did to make the first half of the movie seem that way really really work for me okay it's like the the missing reel like some scenes just fucking cut out and it goes yeah. to the scene yeah. um the fucked up film stock it's all scratched and spotty yeah. and grainy yeah that works um in the very very beginning i don't know if you catched it or if you caught it but it says uh when the, when the title shows up it says quentin tarantino's thunderbolt yeah and then that and then it cuts real screen, quick it says death proof. And um, I found out that like they, he did that because sometimes if a movie was reviewed poorly, they would ship it out to other movies under a different name. So you're still oh, watching wow. the same movie, but it's not called the same thing anymore. Wow. Okay. So, um, but I was going to ask, have you ever been to a drive-in? I never have, man. I, you know, and I, I was really close to going recently because of yeah. COVID and everything. Um, and, and I found out out here, they do a drive-in movie by my house and I was like, oh shit, this is dope, bruh. I went to buy tickets and you have to have a ticket for everybody in the car. Mm-hmm. And the tickets were $80 a person. Damn. Yeah. So I would understand maybe like $80 for you and your car and then maybe like 20 for not. No, I wouldn't even understand 80 for that. And I feel like, was it 80? No, it might have been 40. I think it was 40 a per. It might have been 40. It was 45 a person, not eight. Because it came out to 90 bucks for two people. And that's with no, you can't, you still can't bring, you're not supposed to bring shit. I would have bought a rack of shit. But 
Um, but no, nah, like I was like, damn, like this seems cool. And it wasn't even a movie that we really wanted to see like that. Yeah. So I, I didn't do it. But I, even if I could do it, because I don't know if you know, right now you can rent. Well, I don't know right now because things are opening back up. But like during uh, the quarantine and shit, you could rent a whole movie theater for like 200 bucks. Wow. So why the fuck, you know, I'm going to go sit in my, I got like a little car. It's not a little car, but it's not a big ass SUV I could stretch out in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So why would I, I could spend an extra hundred bucks and go rent a whole theater and have like 20 of my friends come. So fuck that, man. But no, I've never been to a drive-in. I was close, but I haven't. Have you? I have. I have. So I saw, I saw Lethal Weapon 2 at the drive-in. Okay. I saw Terminator 2 at the drive-in. Oh, and I went to uh, the movie Tales from the Crypt Demon Night uh-huh. at the drive-in with a little honey dip that I used to crush on when I was in when I was in like junior high school. Never went nowhere, but we went to the drive-in. I don't remember. I don't even. We were in junior high, so I don't remember who the fuck drove, but we went. I feel like you're you're a bad guy to go to the drive-in with because you're a movie dude through and through. You know, like the girl be like, she wants to fuck. You be like, well, let's just fuck after the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it depends what we watch it. Yeah, like if it's a good, if, if the movie is solid, or if it's somebody like one of your favorite actors, you're going to be like, ah, you, you know, Terminator Two, get the fuck off me. Don't yeah. touch me. I'm gonna keep it real. Do, with do you. you not see Arnold? Get off. Yeah, me. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm not fucking doing Terminator Two either, bro. That that's a classic. It <laughs> <laughs> might be one of the best movies ever made. Like, nah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No way. No way. All right. So I had a I had a little bit I had a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um Do you know any of the other people who were considered for the role of stuntman Mike? I don't. Okay. John Travolta. He would have he probably would have done very well. Willem Dafoe. I can see it, but not as well as these two. Those two. John Malkovich. Yeah, but not as he he looks more creepy though. He looks creepy, but I don't think he's as physically imposing as yeah. Russell. But he's tall. Uh, he's a tall guy, so you know. Yeah, John Malkovich is tall. Ron Perlman. That would have been okay. Okay. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Okay. And the one who almost got the role, the one who was the closest to getting the role before Kurt Russell, Mickey Rourke. Okay, your boy. He's not my boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> not my boy. But let me tell you something, man. Like, I'm glad Kurt Russell got this role. Me too. Because I feel like I feel like Kurt Russell's career was really strong up until about the late nineties to the mid two thousands. Then he started doing a bunch of like family shit like rom-coms and like he went the rock route like race the rich mountain and shit right 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 he was in like overboard and some other bullshit but like people forgot that like kurt russell was fucking snake plissken in the escape movies yeah who metal gear solid is based off of yeah kurt russell was one of the most badass motherfuckers of any movie that you haven't seen fucking mccready in the thing okay Kurt Russell is the star of my favorite movie of all time, Big Trouble in Little China, where he plays Jack Burton. Okay. 
Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell was a badass in Backdraft. Kurt Russell was a badass in The Soldier. Kurt Russell was like Kurt Russell had this whole career of being a fucking bad. He was Cash in Tango and Cash. Okay. Kurt Russell had this whole career of being a badass, and motherfuckers just forgot about him. And then when he started, like when he's in this movie, you forgot, bitch. You forgot about Kurt Russell. And he's a badass it. in this movie, and he pulls out a little bit of that rom com shit when he when he when he honey dipped on Butterfly and made her give up the lap dance. Like Kurt Russell was fucking perfect for this movie. Yeah, he was. The uh, Travolta, I think, would have would have been almost as good, but. Kurt Russell was definitely the best pick for this. Bro, she said, do I scare you? She said, yes. Is it my scar? It's your car. <sighs> it's my mom's car. <laughs> <laughs> he was Love really him good. in this shit, man. No, he was really uh, good. The way he delivers the lines, like, he he was really good in this movie. And I think because of the roles that he, he was kind of, like, pigeonholed into, they're not... I don't think a lot of people took the escape movies too seriously or like, you know, he's kind of a dimwit in Big Trouble Little China, but it still takes skill to pull that off. Right. And this really showcased like he he's a really good actor, man. Yeah, really good. And I think that's only been solidified with his with his like his resurgence. So, you know, um, Hateful Eight. um, he was in, so he's in Hateful Eight. He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was in this uh, fucking awesome Western movie called Bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, after after Death Proof, he had kind of like a career resurgence where he's starting to get these badass roles back, and I really enjoy it. Okay. Um, big shout out to my favorite movie of all time. When they're in the bar, if you look up and to the left of the jukebox... The tank top he wears in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh-huh. So it's like a white tank top and it has like a samurai lady and a rising sun. That tank top is hanging up over the jukebox. Oh, okay. Okay. And I immediately, I didn't never catch it on my first watch, but when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, Jack Burton's tank top. I caught it immediately. All right. That's dope. Um, and then you called out the little pussy wagon on the, uh-huh. on the Mustang. Did you catch the other Kill Bill nod? Uh, that not Abernathy's ringtone? No. I'm sure I caught it. I might not have noted it because I got really into the movie. So Jasper, the guy that they buy the Challenger for from? Is Buck, right? No, is the same Jasper that Buck oh, yeah. let fuck the bride. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same character. It's a little fucking creep. So, um... And then the last one I'm gonna kind of save. For, I'm gonna kind of save for 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 our final thesis. Okay. All right. Did you did you have any? Uh, no, I didn't have any. I didn't. I'm gonna keep it right. I didn't do much research after this one. Okay. So the next the next part I've kind of been wondering. Um, when we do these podcasts, rarely do we ever have any anecdotes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like I. I looked up the word anecdote and anecdote doesn't necessarily have to mean like anecdotal experience. Uh-huh. And I'm going to kind of translate that to this in the, in the, in the theme of anecdotes. Uh, Kurt, what, what would you say is, what is the moral of the story here? 
Ooh, I don't know. There's a few. Okay. Think the to think the first one is to, uh, don't take rides from strangers. <laughs> and the sec and 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 the one my takeaway is is as sick or as crazy as you may be, there's always somebody a little crazier. <laughs> So be very measured with your attacks. <laughs> that um, that kind of falls along with my with my moral of the story. To me, the moral of the story is be safe, though. Yeah, be safe, though, for real. Because you never know who you fucking with. Yeah, this is a fact. <laughs> this is a fact, dog. Stuntman Mike thought he was calling all the shots, but he he picked the wrong motherfucking one. Just be yeah. safe. You never know who you fucking with. Yeah, man. Yeah. Some real, some real life crazy motherfuckers <laughs> out here. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. Definitely All right, man. So, so Death Proof, Quentin Tarantino's fifth film, starring Kurt Russell, Zoe Bell, Rosario Dawson, Sidney Poitier, um, Vanessa Ferlito. Ow, ow! If given the <laughs> if given the opportunity to watch this flick again, are you watching or not? I am watching again, um, mm. which changed because. I was kind of dreading watching this, and I think now thinking back, I think it might have been because I watched it as Grindhouse, mm-hmm. and the first half of that movie, as good as Quentin's dialogue can be, that shit just dragged the fuck out, and I wasn't in this into that movie until they turned the tables on Stuntman Mike. Mm-hmm. So I watched about an hour and thirty of a movie. That was boring as fuck to me until sure. they t- until they started getting on his ass. But this time through, um, being a little older, and I also I was kind of tired. I think watching those, I liked Planet Terror more okay. um, when I watched the Grindhouse ones together. But watching this independently without having to sit through another movie first and having a better appreciation for films. Um, having a podcast that we discussed films on now. <laughs> I really enjoyed this film, man. Like it's fun. It's fun. It's it's slow, but the dialogue is good. Um when the pace picks up, it picks up and you get about thirty minutes of car action, like at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. Um I love revenge flicks. I love women revenge flicks, like I already said. I thought all of the acting was great. I thought all of the dialogue was great. Nothing really seemed too cheesy or corny to me. Um, I always I feel like in a lot of movies I usually have problems with a black character trying to act what you would probably say like a stereotypical black. Mm-hmm. So that was really my only like that's a small nitpick. It didn't turn me off of the movie. You know That's what I'm right. saying? So, yeah. but no, everything about this movie, you know, there's some good looking women in this movie. Um, Kurt Russell killed it. Um, Quentin, I always like to look for Quentin Small cameos that he has in his movies. Um, <laughs> I, I like just small little funny dialogue things that I take away with. What's your name? Stuntman Mike. No, really. Stuntman Mike. Ask Warren. Warren, what's his name? Stuntman Mike. <laughs> so, you know, it's like just small stuff like that. So, I no, I enjoyed this, though. I would definitely watch this again. And... um. I would watch this with people. Like I would recommend people watch this. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, that's my take on this. Um, Marcus. Yeah. Death proof. 
came out in 2007. The fifth movie by your favorite movie director and writer, Quentin Tarantino. It presented the opportunity to see this film again. You watching or not? Hmm. Um, I'm watching. I know. I'm watching. But I'm, here's the thing. I'm watching again. But I don't, I, I no longer see this movie in the same light that I used to see this movie. Okay. Oh, okay. I used to see, I used to see this movie as, um, nowhere near Quentin's worst work. Uh-huh. But now I do see it as his worst. Okay. I, I do see this movie as his worst movie. Okay. And here's why. I think that I, I don't, I definitely do eventually want to go back and watch the, the grindhouse version of this movie and see what was cut because what doesn't work for me is I feel like this movie came out before Quentin had really solidified himself as being able to write very long dialogue scenes that are all consequential to the movie. Uh There's a lot of dialogue in this movie that has nothing to do with the movie. Okay. Um, And there's a lot of time taken up in this movie that has nothing to do with the movie. So like we talked about, we talked about jungle Julia texting Chris Simonson. None of that shit. plays. None of it. Nothing. None of it plays out. None of the shit about the guys trying to get the girls to take more shots and go back to the lake house. None of that has anything to do with the movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, I feel like the transition from a drive-in movie to like a regular movie with the first half against the second half takes away a bit. Like the second half of the movie, not being a drive-in piece Mm -hmm. doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't decide which half I like more Mm -hmm. because I love all of the interactions with the girls. I like, I like the girls talking to talking amongst themselves Those girls are very interesting. But then again, I also like the girls from the second half very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you have that fucking awesome car chase at the end. So the car, I love every single car that's in this movie. I love the music. I love the actors. I love the acting. I feel like this movie is just a little bit too, too bogged. Like it's too, it's a little too long. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if what I would cut would be the same things that Quentin cut. So I'm really interested to go back and watch the the grindhouse version. I'm definitely watching, but I have changed my mind. And this to me is Quentin Tarantino's worst movie. Okay. I haven't seen, I haven't seen them all, but the ones I've seen, this definitely is towards the bottle for me, but it's funny how we both changed our opinion, Mm -hmm. but I went to a positive (laughs) and you went to a negative. So that's, yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty interesting. But no, I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, it was a lot of emptiness in this movie where I feel like he usually doesn't do that in movies. Mm-hmm. Where, like, some, if it's in the movie, it's going to pay off eventually, usually. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't really understand some of the stuff. And I feel, like, I feel like he cut down some of the conversations with the girls, the first set of girls. And I feel like that whole part about Zoe falling in the ditch where they like they ate I feel like that wasn't in that but I only watched it one time mm-hmm. and like I said I wasn't very in like into it so I could yeah. be wrong but I feel like he just cut down a lot of like th- 
cuts were mostly in the second part of the movie. But for the most part, the first part was probably untouched because it it seemed long and fucking boring as fuck when I watched it. <laughs> but this time, it, I, it wasn't terrible to me. I was I was kind of you know, might so have been just me looking have, forward to the lap dance. Yeah. So I actually have a quote from Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Death Proof has got to be the worst movie I ever made. Ooh. And for a left-handed movie, that wasn't so bad. All right. So if that's the worst I ever get. I'm good. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I can agree with that. Like, is it a perfect movie? No, it's not a perfect movie. Is it a perfect Quentin Tarantino movie? No, it's not a perfect Quentin Tarantino movie. It's still a really good Quentin Tarantino movie, which makes it a really good movie to me. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's still a really good Quentin Tarantino movie or a really good movie in general, but it's fun. It's good. Sure. So, you know, but Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm that's where that. I'm at. So we both watch it. We both watch it. We, and I think, I think, I feel. Have we been? We've been agreeing pretty much lately. I feel like I don't know. I have to go back. We have. Listen. We have. Yeah. We've been agreeing a lot, but it's always been for our own reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. go back to you know. I I consistently go back to episode twelve where mm-hmm. we talked about hereditary. Available, available on all, all streaming, streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> like, we both were not watching, but you weren't watching because you just weren't fucking with it. I yeah. wasn't watching because that shit's some creepy-ass shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, is a fact. All right. So, so yeah, man, I had, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun going back. The, to me, like, of all the Quentin Tarantino movies, this is the one I've watched the least amount of times. And this one was really enjoyable for me, going okay. back and, and re-watching this movie. Okay. So... What's up? So we uh, we mentioned this. Uh, what do we got up next, man? So, OK. Yeah. So we had mentioned this, but this was before I got hurt and took a fucking month off from recording. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, so we have we have a couple of requests, but one that I did not mention because I thought we would have wiped out the other request before was Space Jam. And my apologies for the lateness. Shout out my man, Chris. Shout out my man, Chris. From Rhode Island, um, I play 2K when I met him on PlayStation. We play 2K together. He listens to every episode and texts me <laughs> about it. So I, I shout out, I shouted out Jensen, my nephew, Coaches, your son, all these people. I never shouted out Chris. Chris, my fault, dog. Shouts to Chris. Shouts to his, uh, his fiance, his beautiful fiance, Christine. They go by C squared together. I am also a C, so I tried to see if we could be C cubed. But when I start saying crazy shit to Chris, Christine says, no, it's just going to be C squared now. So you Chris, know what I'm saying? Chris, I need you to cut it out. No, I have a couple names. I like C squared better than like the Chris's or like C and C or something. Like C squared was clever. I was like, I can rock with it. It doesn't sound too lovey dovey and cheesy. Like it's cool. That's cool. I'm, I could do that. It's fine. It's, it, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. But you you right on the border there, Chris. But I do appreciate you listening, man. Shout out to you, man. Yeah, Thank shout out so to Chris. Much. So Chris has suggested before everybody, even VZ the baby, please say the baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even before her, he had requested that we do the new Space Jam, mm-hmm. um, which just came out two days ago on Jan- uh, July 16th. 
So since it's an HBO Max timed exclusive, I feel like we need to knock that one out first before it leaves. So that will be our next movie. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but but I'm down to watch it. So we will do Space Jam next. And then we still have our other request to finish up, which will be Snatch from my, from my son Jensen over in the mm-hmm. UK, who has a beautifully permed mullet that I need to find. <laughs> he sent me a picture. I have, to send, I have to ask him to send another picture so I can send it to you. Um, and then my nephew Cochise asked for smoking aces, and that will be following Snatch. Hopefully, we'll get those out quick because I'm not doing shit. Mm-hmm. I can't go nowhere, and I don't have my baby right now because I'm all laid up. So we we might be able to get these out pretty quick, maybe once a week or so. But I don't want to yeah, make any promises. Yeah, just so y'all know, cause... like for just so y'all know, that's always that's always kind of been the goal as far as I see it. Is like if we could bang out one a week. I'm I'm more than happy. So yeah, but that's, life that's kind always of what happens. We're working towards, but it always it always kind of seems like you know something something hectic comes up. I mean, fuck, I don't I don't know how much more hectic you can be you can get than pulling a fucking Achilles, tearing an Achilles, tearing it. Yeah, had surgery and all that shit, son. But you know, real quick, funny. I I <laughs> I woke up right and like I was out of it. Like I'm like trying to stay awake, trying to get myself to wake up, but I can't. So the nurse was like, hey, she's like screaming at me, right? She's like, hey, are you awake? You might feel a little drunk. I was like, is this what it feels like when you're drunk? I remember this, right? I was like, this is what it feels like when you're drunk? She was like, yeah, a little bit. I was like, people do this shit voluntarily? (laughs) And she was looking at me crazy, but, you know, because who doesn't drink, right? Like, it's probably me, me, Triple H, and Tyler. That's it. It's not man Mike, but he's dead now. So it's like she was like she was just kind of like yeah, I got, you know she 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 didn't really understand. She was just kind of looking at me like I was crazy. I was like fuck you, lady. Like let me get up out of here. But yeah, man. But hope you know no more no more injuries, no more setbacks. Knock on wood. Um, Hell yeah. And and hopefully we can you know we'll get Space Jam out pretty quickly, turn it around quickly, and then uh, move on to Snatch and and uh, Smoking Aces. I'm actually I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Space Jam. I'm going to do my damnedest to not compare it to the old Space Jam. I mean, we're going to have to, bro. I'm going <laughs> to everybody compares LeBron to Mike anyway. And LeBron put himself you you can't remake Space Jam. Yeah, but okay. All right, let's save yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's stop. Let's <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's all right. save it. Good let's call. Good call. But uh yeah, man, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Everybody, get us those requests. Yeah, get man, requests. we I've been having a lot of fun working through. The, I mean, this is the first one, but we've been looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to all of the requests. I love the interaction. Um, so yeah, please send send us more, and when we run out, we'll we'll go back to our own choices. Um, Kill Bill will be in there soon because you know Kill Bill will be in there soon. We'll get more Kurt Russell. Yeah, we'll so get we more got Kurt Russell. Of- we got. We got a bunch of shit that Kurt is never gonna seen, or uh, that has never seen. Kurt's never seen it. So like, when we get to it, it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, he's never seen this movie. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck is the address for the rock you've been living under, nigga?" Yeah, yeah, I get that a <laughs> lot, man. Like, so many people ask about a movie like I never saw. Just what the fuck? So you know, yeah, I be chilling. You know, I was hoop dreaming. But yeah, so, and I and I'm retired from hoop now. I tore my Achilles, so you know. But I know I'm first ballot Hall of Fame. I'm not even tripping. <laughs> if you and don't at me neither, nigga. Ask about me. I'm a legend, B Town legend. Three six zero, they'll tell you. Ask about no doubt, me, boy. No doubt. 
everybody reach out to us, man. We got the we got the You Watching or Not uh, podcast page on Facebook. Hit us up at You Watching Pod on IG. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to check out my sis over at Seeds and Steez on IG, man. She'll get yeah, you hooked man. up with all your horticultural needs. Yeah, and she was selling, I don't know if she's still selling them. I bought one. She was selling Black Lives Matter shirts. I bought one. Shit is nice, high quality shit. And it's icy as hell. The white is icy, boy. So if you're a fresh nigga like me and she's still selling them, check it out. Holler at her about all of that shit. Support the movement. Support the pod. Support my sis. We love y'all. This is Marcus. I'm Kurt. And this has been we you watching or nah. And we'll catch y'all in the next one. All right, y'all.